Today's episode of On the Break is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break, the James Harden Can't Control His Bowels edition. I am J-Mac in the studio with Kyle Beats. Kyle, what's going on, my man? What's going on, man? Josh is going to be loving loving that one. It's uh, just us in the booth tonight, but glad to be back, man. Had a had a great trip from Chicago, which we'll dive into. But uh, yeah, you were the first to inform me of of said shit last night so that's twice now <laughs> that i brought that, that is that is twice that you've informed me of an nba player shitting on himself in a white uniform that's impressive my question is is it going to take seven or eight years for him to admit this because i think they've already denied it right well look in in today's day and age i think it's just too much harder to deny that is spread more rapidly than paul pierce's ever would have very true that's a very good point especially with social media and everything so my question really in all this, so for those that aren't familiar, James Harden shit his pants while playing basketball last night. <laughs> and like you could see it in a, a there's a slow-mo replay out there where he kind of fell on his ass in the key and or in the, the restricted area. And you could just see the brown stripe on his on his ass. And so, you know, naturally, we know what happened. My question is, though, why are teams continuing to wear white uniforms? Yeah, this just seems like a risk for everybody. <laughs> You're asking dude, for trouble. What's great about that is I was watching the game live and I didn't check my phone until later. And you had sent me basically a close up of just this brown stain. And that, so that happened at the end of the first half. Right. And it, James Harden went up for a layup, did not get a call, did not make the, the basket. And he fell pretty hard. And he was like holding his wrist coming off. Like he laid down for at least 90 seconds. I was like, oh shit, he's really hurt. What that was was him collecting himself, thinking, "Okay, how much did I really shit myself? Is this going to be like running yeah. down my leg? Like, what do, what kind of scenario are we working with here?" Yeah, do I need a wheelchair? Like, you know, what's, yeah. what? What would Paul Pierce do? Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what an unbelievable thing to happen. What's incredible is Paul Pierce was at that game. They, uh, who was covering? I think ABC last night. Yeah, just ABC. Kept, yeah, you know, pan into his face. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was doing the the pregame stuff, and he obviously knew. back there in Boston in the hometown, and they kept panning to him, and it's so incredible. He's like, you know, he he probably went back there and gave him a little advice. Probably so. So we start the clock as of today. We're going to call this the first of March is when we're recording this. So we'll start the clock from today, and we'll see how long it takes for him to admit that this happened. He would never admit this hap- this happened. James Harden never. You don't think so? You would take the over on nine years? Yes. Okay. I don't think James... I think Paul Pierce has learned... Yeah, I don't know, though. I guess Paul Pierce was not the <laughs> yeah, Paul Pierce we know now. If you give me nine years. Uh, he, Yeah, he's definitely has showing more of his personality now, but I don't think that James Harden is a... I will admit to pooping myself on 
on national television kind of guy. I just don't see him as that kind of cat. Right. Well, I mean, on the uh, on the court last night, you know, kind of away from the uh, the Banyo there, uh, James Harden did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, for sure. And he did. This- he shot horribly, but he did a damn good job of getting out of the way and letting Russell Westbrook take over. Who all of a sudden is is you know five years younger, twenty six. Yeah, like twenty five. Like he's prime Westbrook all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, he did. A, he did a good job of playing second fiddle last night which he doesn't do enough he shot horrifically especially in that final sequence at the end he i think he took three threes in a row and missed like there's no reason uh brown should have even had an attempt to tie that game no way marcus smart made the most marcus smarty type play of you know he misses the free throw on purpose he's the one that kind of like wrestles it around and gets that ball flung out there to Jalen and an incredible shot but dude that houston small ball is really uh I'm, I'm starting to buy in i think you have to until you see it go awry in the playoffs well the thing is and we've talked about this already a, at least a little bit or we've at least danced around it that it's not that russ has lost a step by by any means i mean he has because you naturally lose a step as you get older but it's not for a lack of ability it's a lack of opportunity because the way that the Rockets are constructed is that you have to have the ball in James Harden's hands at all point in time. And if he can just learn to kind of help facilitate and share just a little bit, I mean, that's why the Warriors were successful because it's spacing. It's moving the ball. It's, you know, making sure that. Yeah. And I'm just saying, though, that's what the, both of those players thrive on. And so if you can that's get true. Russ hot every few nights, like that's a big deal. Right. Right. I, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think they have to both recognize when the other one's off and or when they're off and the other one's hot that you got to let the other one take over. And if they do that, with some of the pieces they put together, I mean, guys are playing pretty good. I like how Covington's playing. House is playing out of his mind. I know you watched some of that game last night. He's playing out of his mind. Uh, you still have Eric Gordon. I mean, you have you have a lot of solid players. I just I don't know. I don't. I don't see him making that deep of a run, but I'm bought more into what they're selling. So I'm looking right now because when so the trade deadline was January 30th, right or 23rd? No, no, no it was in February. February 3rd, I think is what it was. Yeah, third or fourth. Um, so because I I want to look and see what their schedule's been like since then because I haven't, as we all know, like I haven't been loving watching houston ball so it's something i've largely well, i think ignored. they're 10 and 2 10 and 2 not, since the I'm trade not mistaken uh but and, i mean back real quickly to, to Hart. harden is a great passer and he's you know there's been a lot of talk you know Giannis made the comment about him not passing the ball and then james Harden basically came back and said look i average a lot more assist than he does which yeah. I, I i find true to be true um i just think the, the brand of basketball is boring but it is efficient, and he, he's a great scorer and a great passer. Um, I think their Achilles heel is going to be, is he going to try to do too much in the playoffs and not let Russ take over? Because if you look at the trajectory of the season, Harden shots go are going down as, as far as shots per game each month we progress. Yeah, Russ's shots per game are going up each month we progress, and we'll see if that continues into the, uh, into the playoffs where they're maybe taking about the same amount of shots. Yeah, and I mean, they rolled right out of the trade deadline and beat, I mean, they beat the Lakers by 10 right out of the gate, 121 to 111, and they've really rolled since then. They took, 
they took a, two losses in a row. That's where the the two came in in the ten and two. By uh, they they played the Suns and lost, and then Utah and lost, and then went on the ten game win streak. So like they're in good shape. They I mean they nearly pissed this Boston game away last night though a couple of times. Yeah, they they were flat in the first half. Yeah, they were, but you ne- I, you never feel like this team's out of it. Yeah. They can really go go on runs cuz they move the ball so fast like that the pace of that game was truly like watching one of those like 1950s games except every time driving to the basket, every other time they kick it out and they shoot a 30-foot shot. That's the difference, but the the pace is the same as they're getting the rebounding going. Yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty entertaining game last night. That was one of my favorite NBA games of the regular season. It was a really good game for sure. They're very evenly matched teams. They're the Celtics and the and the Rockets are similar to each other in the perspective conferences as where as far as where they sit and what their abilities are. I like the Celtics a lot more, but you know, I see. I think I would take Houston in a seven game series over Boston. As crazy as that sounds, I mean. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Tatum is playing out of his mind, and we'll get to that in a second. I just want to say that Houston is a game and a half out of the two seed in the West. Pretty good. And I still think the West is a better conference. Not Definitely. as not as much, but marginally better. Um, but, I mean, you as the Boston guy, I mean, you, you just throw the bag at Tatum now, right? You give him the max. He's, he's your guy. Like, Jalen's a great, great number two for the future, but I think Tatum's the guy here. I mean, it, it's just obvious. I didn't realize he was a year and a half younger than Jalen. Yeah, uh, so I'm with you. I, I'm glad that the Jalen contract is done and they already got that worked out because he's having an exceptional year as well. Correct. And, and we talked it's going a little overshadowed. Uh, definitely overshadowed. And we talked more on the other side of this at the beginning of the year where it was looking like Jalen was the better player. And, and it, it really, they ha- they've spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. My... I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm concerned about the Kemba situation, but it hasn't gone particularly great. Like it's yeah, concerned is probably a strong word. I'm not overly excited, but you know what? You, I think you knew, giving him that contract, you were overpaying a little bit, but you just needed him to be that guy in like two out of seven playoff games, like because Tatum True. can be the guy like three or four out of the time. Like Kemba could be your third best player if Jalen and Jason play to their full potential, and I think that's okay. And if you, as long as you have Hayward, that's like the best it, number four player in the league, right? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, but as, assuming he's healthy, it's true. Is my concern? You can say that about Paul George. You can say that about true. a lot of guys. True. But I think they're certainly better than Philly. I don't know whatever the hell is all. That. They're substantially better than Philly. I mean, if Milwaukee's going to get knocked out of the East, and that's a big if because they're playing. They are not at a different the level. East, um, they, I think they might have set the record or came in like second last year for point per game differential. They've already and clinched this, the playoffs, dude. <laughs> and this year they're gonna they're gonna set the record for point per game differential. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if it's gonna be anyone to take them out, I think it's got to be Toronto or maybe Boston. I just don't see that happening. The, I really yeah. The don't. front line situation for Boston's dicey, um, but that that's that's the only teams I could see making that happen. I, I just. I mean, Giannis is, they're just, that team's running other teams out of the gym so fast in games that they're just over. I mean, they've lost eight games. It's over before it even begins. And Giannis is able to rest a lot of times and not have to worry about it. And that is, that's saying something, man. 
Yeah. I, I don't see how I, I man, you know me, I'm the most optimistic and anything could happen in the playoffs. Giannis could get hurt or something and it you know, and the whole playoff landscape changes. All Absolutely. I'm saying is assuming everything holds steady, I don't see anybody taking that team down. Not are we talking the Eastern Conference only? Yeah. Okay. I, honest uh I dude, I think I would take either LA team, not because I think they're more complete teams, but because I trust those guys more. Once I see Giannis do it once, it's like it's over for me. I just gotta see him do it once. I just don't see the team built around Giannis. I, I know we bag on them a lot, and they've lost eight games. So how can we really right. truly say but that? You, but it's but let me I make just, this point. I trust the, are, well. I'm just ahead. saying I trust the the Clippers. Like regardless of we can get into that in a second, but like I trust that front to back. And honestly, at this point, I trust the Lakers front to back more consistently than I would that team. And that's where it comes down to is. It's can Giannis, I mean, what what's going to happen whenever like Kawhi is guarding Giannis, for example, and then you've got to you, you basically have the rest of the teams going at each other. And I think the Clippers are a better team in that sense and and uh, the Lakers as well. Yeah, I do, too. That's how that's how I feel. But there's there is a world where Giannis just steamrolls the Eastern Conference. Like if they win by 12 points per game in the Eastern Conference playoffs, then I might say, oh, shit. It might be one of those moments where they can. Get get hot at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I, I think going back to the Tatum thing real quick, he's established himself as the best player on the Celtics. And honestly, a guy that I think if he plays the way he has the last five games, he's a guy that can compete to be the best player in a series with Giannis. I don't hate that take. In, in a one particular series, I think he has – that in him because he's still 21 man oh for sure but it's gonna there's just more development time yeah this year this year that would probably be a tough a tough statement but yeah and it's gonna be i mean i don't really know what's gonna happen with the hayward thing there's a lot of question marks there they've got to figure out a better center than ennis Cantor. i just i don't i mean that guy kind of stinks i like daniel tice but he's he's only like six eight six nine that could Not get dicey against like ad yeah, um, not big enough. Let me ask you this, because we're talking about Boston and Houston because they were playing each other. Do you think between those two teams, I think they both have a long shot. Who has a better chance of winning their conference? Probably. Uh, probably. Fuck, dude, that's a hard question to answer. Probably Boston. Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. I don't know, man. It, it, do you that's... think Russ's like, boost of his prime again is sustainable? Like, are we gonna... Yeah, I'm not buying into that that Thanksgiving dinner yet, and you know this. Well, like, so I I wasn't either, but I I saw this stat on the GameCast yesterday because this is a bet, better stat than like what you've done the last four games or something, right? Mm -hmm. Since January first, so that's two months of data. Two months of data. Twenty something games, I think mm -hmm. he's or like yeah, about twenty five games. He uh, has fifteen thirty point games. That's more than anybody in the league, including Giannis or James Harden. Pretty good. Like he and he's actually scoring efficiently, and he's really stopped taking a lot of threes. He's only taking like one or two threes a game for the last in that in that two month span. Well, but the thing is, like, he doesn't have to take that shot as much anymore. Like he had to be that guy in Oklahoma City. Right. He doesn't have to. The, be what that he was guy doing anymore. last night, where he backs down smaller guards because he is really strong, and you forget that sometimes for being like a, a big guard, but not a big guy overall. He's really strong, and he has that little like. Barely in the paint, fade away. 
mm-hmm. like off the glass is actually pretty nice. If he mixes that in with his crazy fast pull up in transition uh, on a dime jump shot and then just straight up going at the basket sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, he he's still an elite scorer. And, and we've all kind of shat on him a little bit on the show. You actually less than anybody as far because Josh doesn't think he's a superstar at all anymore, which. Well, of course he doesn't. Right. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. We won't. We I won't. Don't, go I down probably that wouldn't path. either. I will probably wouldn't either. No, but but Josh has a good point because the the statistics have shown up until at least obviously January or so that he it hasn't been great and it's gotten a lot better and part of that is really his team chemistry and figuring it out and like I I just think it's important. I know it's hard to take the ball out of Harden's hands too much, but I just think it's important that they figure out some sort of sharing situation to where they can both perform well. And like you said, to understand when it's that guy's night off, then he's not as good as he could be and when to step up and when not to. Yeah. If they, I'll tell you this, if they're, they finish the season playing, you know, anywhere near the level they're playing right now. And they're the, the two seed going in the Western conference finals. I'll be relatively confident in that team. They, they could change my mind from where I was at about six weeks ago with this team, which was not in a great place. Yeah, we'll see. I, I want to see more, but they they're off to a really good start of, of a kind of a second half, you yep. know, really big resurgence. And it was very, it felt very like very much like a flat first half for them. But I still, even on the best day, I don't know that they get past either of those LA teams. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Speaking of the LA teams, you know we're recording this Sunday night and watching the Lakers and uh, the Pelicans play for the second time in a few days. Dude, this game's been wildly entertaining. Yeah, definitely. Sixty three, sixty one and a half. But dude, just watching LeBron and and Zion go back and forth is a lot of fun. But I mean, there's just great athletes across the board, and they're just running up and down. It's just good basketball. It's the same kind of way last night was great because they were running a lot in that game until the end it really slowed down and I, I enjoyed watching these athletes play like that it's a lot more fun than what we were watching 12 years ago or even 12 weeks ago when Zion was still out <laughs> I mean did you hear cool. Simmons say he had a source that says Zion is over 300 pounds oh I think Josh told me that <laughs> I don't doubt that I don't either look at the kid dude he is so strong but yeah, but he's not that yoked. He is, but he's not. He's yeah. got a lot well, of, I don't know. He's going to have to lose some of that. 17 points again tonight, though, playing pretty incredible. LeBron at at 19, though. Yeah. Well, and with Anthony Davis out, things are a little bit different for the Lakers tonight. Yep. Yep. It's interesting. He didn't want to play against the Pelicans, but. Yeah. What a world, huh? Yeah. It's shocking. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So. So we were talking, let me talk, let's talk about the Lakers Clippers dilemma. We were, we were talking about pre-show Yeah. of, I don't know where I'm at here. It's like 51, 49, either way you could convince me on a given day that either team is the best, you know, they both added a Morris brother. Where, <laughs> where are we at with this? Right. Cause we did the Kobe episode. We went through the all-star thing. We, we both felt like the Lakers were going to have this incredible momentum, but Kawhi just continues to like, I think probably be the best player in the league, you know? Yeah. And you can convince me on any given night on, on that as well. But I really like, I, I, I really like the way they're playing right now. They, uh, they beat the piss out of, uh, they only won by six, but in such a convincing way, 
uh, over Philly today. And I, yeah. man, I, I think I'm still going to stick to my guns on the Clippers because I did that last year and it served me well. Same. But I wish we could kind of just fast forward to that Western Conference Finals. <laughs> I know, because that's where it's headed. I mean, that's, that's where it's headed. It's not even close, really. I, I think that would be a fascinating series. I still, uh, I, I like your team is good, man. They're really fucking good. I, you know, I admittedly say I was wrong about, you know, how it's gone. It's gone really, really well. And it seems like Vogel's got the respect of LeBron. And it seems like he's yeah. playing the way that they want to play. And things are going well with Anthony Davis. And those are the two that really matter the most. And then you've got a good fill-in veteran staff around them and I think that's important versus the Clippers who I don't know man I I I think the the Kobe thing reminded us that LA is still very much a Lakers town right yep no doubt about it and I I think that almost cast the Clippers as villains a little bit here yes I like where you're going with this but I feel like you got to be careful about that because that just might fuck around and give them the fuel they need so I, I think it does two things because you're a hundred percent right that it's a Lakers town and that the Lakers are an M- the NBA's organization, or, or them and the Celtics and a few others. Those are the darlings versus sure, you know the Clippers and yeah, it's going to motivate the hell out of the Clippers. I think it does that, which is very dangerous because Kawhi doesn't need any motivation. But I also think it. I worry about us getting into a situation where there's a game an elimination game six or seven between these teams and the Lakers getting a lot of calls. Yeah. Do you think that's a realistic concern? And like, I'm a LeBron guy, so I'm not going to be like overly upset about that, but I want it, I want it called the right way. And I just hope we don't have like a, an Oh six heat situation where Dwayne Wade takes 38 free throws. So like you're talking about like shit, like we saw last night where LeBron got, pumped in the chin and <laughs> fell on his ass like, yeah. things like that and it's like flagrant ones right like unbelievable like you might as well just clocked him with an elbow yeah. um i i get man that's a very realistic possibility the league at the very minimum would love for that series to go to seven games like all i'm gonna say is if that series goes to seven games look at that ref crew and look at that ref crew's record when they ref lakers games Yes. And I bet that Lakers record is really good. And Clippers games, too. Yeah, and it's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, other way around. Yeah. We're looking for some Donahue-type shit here. <laughs> We're going to be watching. They don't think we know, but we know. We know what's going to happen here. When we make our selections before the playoffs start, I think it's going to come down to where Paul George is at for me. He's like it matters, man. 80% or better. You don't think it matters? I don't know that it matters. I, I, I do. And a game seven against the Lakers, they're going to need a second score to step up. And I don't trust. I mean, who's going to be your second score? I don't trust Lou Williams in that spot as no. great as Lou is. I don't trust Lou Williams in that spot at all. Right. There's a reason he's it, so good, but is where he is. It could happen, but I wouldn't I, trust it. I don't trust Pat Bev. No. Historically, not. not a great, not a great score and not a great playoff player. It's I don't trust. Guy. Landry Shaman or Montrez Harrell to go out there and get it for me. And I'm not trusting Marcus Morris with anything. No, probably not. That's but, what you know what I'm saying? And like, no, I do. If, Le- if LeBron doesn't have it, it's like, oh, yeah, we got this guy, Anthony Davis, we can, right. we can rely on. So, <laughs> or if and like, even their third score, I trust Danny Green more than anybody I just named because he's been in those moments and hit a lot of big shots. It's true. It's a good point. But I, 
I mean, but has if PG's it, there, I'm like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, I like the Clippers more. For sure. I mean, it's not that it doesn't help them. That's, don't, you know, don't mistake me there. Like, I'm saying that I just, it seems like they've had a lot of success so far, and he's barely played. And you know what? Like, they're pretty much just sitting him for the season, more or less. Not for the season. That's not fair. You know, okay. for. Uh, so you're, you're, subscribe, you're, you're subscribing to the ultra load management theory. Yeah, kind of. But what else could it be? I don't think it's a bad take. What else could it be? I don't. I, that Paul George has a rod in his leg and shoulders that don't work. Well, yeah, for sure. But in which case, why wouldn't you just sit his ass, you know, two out of three games and yeah. make sure that he's there around whenever you need him? It's it's not basketball. That It's not. A, it doesn't paint a good romantic story like people like to see. It's reverse engineering it from the inside out. And I fucking love it. Yeah, it's that's not, true. It, it, it's like diabolical in a lot of ways if it works, but that's the question. Is it? Gonna it work? is. If that works, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But is it going to work? Is the question. And I always love these kinds of things. You know how I I just feed for a good like turning things on their head just to see what happens kind of situation. Right. I love. Well, I would totally. I wouldn't put it past Doc and 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 uh, why to fuck with fuck yeah. with us like that. Well, and Balmer too of of taking the, a business oh, God, type approach. Oh, that's Think about that. <laughs> wow, top, this is the top down Jerry West. Yeah, they're in, yeah they got something up their sleeves. Maybe so they're matched up right now. And they're well, they're tied with Denver. Denver's got the nod. Yeah, they're matched up right now. So it looks like the Thunder and the Mavs are pretty much going to lock in at that six and seven. And Nuggets and Clippers, maybe the Rockets, but Nuggets and Clippers are going to be two three. As a Mavs fan, I can't tell you how much I'd rather play the Nuggets than the Clippers. No kidding. And I think the Clippers rather play OKC than Dallas. Probably so. I would. I, I don't. If I'm if I'm one of those top three seeds, I'm not trying to play. Like if my choice is, you know, Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis, or John Moran and Triple J, or Luke and KP. Luke and KP is definitely the last last one I want in that group. Very true, but. The the Mavericks can't be in a situation, and we'll get into the Mavericks here in a second, but they can't be in a situation where they're playing either the Lakers or the Clippers because if they want a chance at the second round, and, and I've been on record by saying they will at the very maximum make the second round, maybe, probably still not, especially with Dwight Powell going right. down. And so the if you have a shot at that, the only chance you have is to maybe catch Denver off but they and they've played Denver really well this year with Dwight Powell. It's true, and that's I, a big deal. Dwight being out, so like it's I, important that that the Mavericks best OKC, and and it's surprising to me how efficient OKC's backcourt has been. It's been really fucking good. Yeah, it has. It, I mean, I so I saw them, I saw them firsthand in Chicago this week. Let's yeah, talk okay, about so, that. Yeah. I want to talk about my Chicago experience, then Please. we'll dive into that these the bottom of the Western Conference playoff uh look here. So it was awesome other than the fact it was like 10 degrees and I was wearing fucking Lululemon khakis like an asshole. Um <laughs> You're a real weather. That guy. that part was rough. It was snowing sideways. Um I had I had my phone die while an Uber was on its way while I was in South Chicago waiting for the uh the ride back from the the state. We we're just south of the stadium, so that was fun. Made made it home though, found found our way. Um, the game was the United Center was awesome. I mean, we saw the the Jordan statue. Um, it was a really cool vibe in there. Like you're at a really kind of meaningful stadium. Yeah. And then you get to the court and you're like, well, mm. nothing meaningful is going on here. But <laughs> <So> <laughs> like it's, it's incredible seeing 
all the banners, um, you know, just all the success they've had. It's a, it's a great building, man. And what's funny is there's still like some diehard Bulls fans in there. Like there's just some guys that are just bull fucking fans and it's awesome. But it was, you know, granted bad weather. It was a Tuesday night, but I mean, there was maybe 10,000 people. There it was maybe half full. Okay. I was able to sit about 15 rows behind the basket. Um, they were down 20 at one point in that game. And I snuck down to probably four or five rows back, like close to floor seats. And I paid 50 bucks for those tickets. That's unbelievable. If Chicago was good, that'd be a $500 ticket. Easily. Easily. I'm shocked that it wasn't, honestly. Well, yeah. no, I'm not actually. They're last terrible. minute, last minute purchase, got on seat geeks, but uh you know, I really I really enjoyed the vibe and it, honestly, they were down 20. It came down to a last second shot by Levine, which was just Chris Paul was just all in his shit and it was a terrible shot, but um it was pretty much the most bulls-like game ever where they went on this crazy run where Kobe White was scoring 10 points in 30 seconds like Reggie Miller and then of course Zach Levine just airballs a game winner. I mean, naturally. The, yeah. Kobe White might be really fucking good in this league. Dude, yeah. I mean, he, he. I think Levine had 38 and he had like 30. It was an entertaining game. And Chris Paul uh, looked pretty good. Shea Gilgis. Okay, let me just say this. I, I'm a big eye test guy. I told you when I saw uh, Giannis in person, I was like, what the fuck? Right. I saw him from a pretty close angle and it was like, Same. damn, this guy's covering a lot of ground. Yeah, really uh, quick. Shea Gilgis for a guard has that. Like he's like six ten with the hair, dude. He's like six seven and a half. He's a big guy. Yeah, um, and he's really skilled and fluid for how big he is. And uh, dude, CP in person is is pretty pretty awesome though. He's as much thicker as than he looks, right? Yeah, he's a pretty he's a pretty muscular guy. Um, never looked winded, but he's uh, dude, he's just such a locked in competitor and so so serious. Like we talk a lot of shit about him. He is kind of an asshole, but he's a hell of a competitor. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was, it was a cool vibe. It was a cool vibe, but what did you think? So like, uh, how, where, tell me about the Jordan statue a little bit more. Was it, how big was it? Like what, where so, was it? man, it was probably, so his it's lifted in the air a little bit. His feet are probably five or six feet off the ground. Um, I would say the whole statue is probably 10 to 12 feet tall, 10 to 15 feet tall. That's okay. pretty big, pretty big. Yeah, just solid gold of him doing, you know, the the dunk and the stretch. It's like the, you know, the, the brand man. symbol. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. It was right there when you walk in. And like I said, the whole stadium had like that, not quite like MSG level. Yeah. Of like a badass feel, but probably similar how it feels like going into the garden. Uh, the garden. Yeah. Because the Staples Center is a bad. That's just more of like you're in L.A. and like it's the Staples Center. But like. Chicago and Boston, those are towns that really care about basketball and have, like, it was cool, man. It's like I, I escaped the Arctic, you know, because I'm from Texas. It was fucking zero degrees there, and I fucking come in, and it's like, this is awesome. I'm seeing all these banners, all this Jordan stuff, and then I go out there, and I'm like, I recognize four players on the Bulls roster tonight. Dude, yeah, that's it. They really had, and I think we're going to see this more as, like, the summer goes on and we do the whole, like, uh, 30 for 30 on Jordan, which I'm I'm super stoked about. Um, yes. But as the summer goes on, we're going to really understand how iconic that organization was at one point and how bad they are now. Because they haven't really been good since then. Well, they had the year where D-Rose won MVP. You're talking about Chicago? Yeah. yeah D-Rose won MVP, and 
I think they made the Eastern Conference Finals one year when they had with Thibodeau, e- with Thibodeau, That's with right. D-, D Rose, Noah, Taj Gibson, Lou Aldang, Kirk Heinrich, that whole ragtag bunch. God Almighty! Which that was like. That's where we were at in basketball nine years ago. That team could make an Eastern Conference Finals. Like, no way in hell. <laughs> no. Can you imagine Joaquin Miola trying to guard Giannis? They, they would get run out of the gym by Giannis. They, All I mean, they were, they were a great defensive team, but relative to the era, they were a great defensive team. What year was that? I'm trying to remember now. 2011, 2012, 2010, somewhere in that, that range. It's absurd how many... Uh, how many like team like the last time they made the playoffs was 2017, but God only knows who was on that team overall. Yeah, and, that, but I'm just saying that's how. Seed well, well that's what I'm saying. Like it's just absurd that that counts in any way, shape, or form. To be yeah, honest, if you're 39 you. and 43, uh, you get an asterisk. Correct. Like that's if you're a below 500 record, that's just not great. You know, like that's that's nothing to to write home about. I don't think. But yeah, overall, man, great trip. Really enjoyed it. Chicago's a city I recommend. I definitely want to go there in the summer, as everyone keeps recommending me. Uh, all of the the company sending me in February. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, for sure. You're Dude, a big need, weather so, guy, though. Yeah, right. Looking at that bubble, though, uh, on the Western Conference, Thunder and Mavs, two teams that I think are outperforming, certainly. Who do you trust more to win a playoff series? Or does it strictly just come down to who gets to play the Nuggets rather than who plays the Clippers. Is that the bigger deal? Honestly, probably so. I think so. And the, I, I talked about the Dwight Powell defense thing for Dallas. That's big. But KP is starting to, to look like the truth, man. He They played today, and he they played Minnesota, and Minnesota stinks. But, I mean, he looked fantastic. And, like, I think the biggest factor there is just getting time for him and Luka to play together because they just yeah. haven't had a lot of that this year. And now, I mean, OKC's kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they beat their Vegas over under win total by game fifty six. That's unbelievable, right? So, I don't know. I think I think matchup is a bigger deal for those teams. I really do because they have the same strengths. But OKC, I mean, at least they have Stephen Adams as as the kind of a you know, a big bodied center in that situation. I don't know if that really matters as much anymore as it used to, but no, it's important. I I do think the Luke injuries have been a little concerning, but in a way, a silver lining or blessing because it's allowed KP also to see what it's like to be the number one on the team for a little while and get back to being the best player on the team, which he's been his entire life. And I think that's helped him come into his zone a little bit, built his confidence up, gained the respect of his peers. And it's like him in, him and Luke are coexisting in this ecosystem a little bit better now. Uh, definitely. And so now they just have to figure out how to put it together together. But right. uh, I, I, you look at things like Jalen Brunson with a torn labrum, like, I mean, he can play through that, but that sucks. That really, like, those are things that matter, you know, in the, in the longevity of the playoffs. And you got to figure out how to get Michael Kidd Gilchrist figured out in there. I don't know if that's <laughs> that. I mean, it was worth a shot. It was off the scrap pile, you know? Yeah. It's a body you can throw at somebody in a series. Correct. Versus you've got Chris Paul mentoring, you know, one of the 
probably up and coming premier point guards in the league that people aren't even really talking about. And I think that matters too. Yeah, SGA is doing what you want to see a guy do in his second year and just points, rebounds, assists all up, but especially the scoring, which is really important in in this league. And, you know, he's a good enough passer. His assist numbers aren't outrageous, but like seeing him live, I'm really bought into him 100% more so than I, you know, was the last couple of years. We were big on him going into the draft. Let me ask you this. Are you... Like, retrospectively, now you look at the trade that involved, I mean, the centerpieces ended up being Shea and Paul George. Is that a good trade for the Clippers? <laughs> no, I mean, no, not at all. I mean, the picks is outrageous. The so old- you gave up, no, no, no. So they gave up, they traded Paul George. All kinds of picks. And five picks for SGA or uh, Paul George for SGA Gallinari and five picks. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think OKC won that hand over fist. I mean, because Gallinari has been good, too. He had Gallinari had 21 in the first quarter of that game I went to. Other side of that is the crosstown rival probably signs Kawhi to play with Anthony Davis and LeBron if you don't bring Paul George in there. So in that retrospect, no, I get why you did it. But OKC won the trade. Yeah, for sure. 10 times out of 10, because Gallinari and SGA combined are as good as Paul George, and then you get five picks on top of that. That may be one that the Clippers may wish they had back, for sure. If but, they don't get I think there's a lot of pressure for, like, the what's nice for Milwaukee, going back to just the big picture here, is they have less pressure on them, even though they're going to be the best record two years in a row, and Giannis hasn't won one. Like, there's still less pressure on them than the Clippers the Lakers are to win it, because one, you're in fucking L.A., not Wisconsin. And obviously, all the pressure on the Lakers for the recruiting LeBron did of AD and how that went down. AD's never won one. This is LeBron's twilight. Kobe. And then the Clippers have to. I mean, you traded seven picks away to get, make this happen. For sure. That, and that's a ca- that was the risk that they had to take, I guess. And again, could be diabolical. But I just I wonder about that trade a lot every time I watch SGA and just see how he's already starting to, to develop. I think it bodes well for Milwaukee that the the LA teams have so much pressure. Although pressure probably affects those the the leaders of those LA teams a lot differently than it would most people. So yeah, you know, it, there's going to be just so so many storylines. But what uh what kind of odds would you be willing to take? Let me let me ask you what kind of odds would you take on Milwaukee Lakers Clippers? You get all three of those teams. Only one has to win the championship. Would you mm-hmm. go like minus five hundred on that? Are you that confident? Probably. I think so. Probably. I would bet a lot on that. Yeah. I well I that's not nearly enough juice for me in in general, but that's that's a good bet, probably. Yeah. I it may even be a little bit more than that or a little bit better than that. It may be minus three hundred or so, honestly. I would be all on there because I don't I don't know if I see anybody else making that yeah. making that run. Something like that. Uh where are you at with the jazz? I think it's safe to say that Mike Conley has sufficiently failed. Yeah, that's that's a bust. I still like Mitchell a lot. I love Gobert. I actually like Ingles and Bogdanovich in the way they're playing for the most part. I think they're going to probably get stuck end up end up playing the Rockets, and I don't think they can win that series as big as Gobert is, and as much as a problem he can be. The way the Rockets are playing right now, I'm all on it. Maybe my mind changes, um, but I think the Jazz are just in the same spot they've been the last few years. Maybe a second round 
at best. Maybe. And you're, I mean. And you're you're drafted at 22 and starting all over. True. But your year-over-year prospect looks really bad, and you've got contracts that are coming up that you're going to have to deal with as well. That's not a yeah, good Yeah, they're situation. not in a friendly place because, like, Don- they're going to have to go in the luxury tax to play, pay Donovan Mitchell. And are they going to do – I mean – He's going to command probably. A, he's going to command a super max of yeah it's going to be one of those 5 for 250s they might walk away cuz he's a really good player but the super max unless it's like Luka it doesn't make sense and that could be wild cuz Donovan Mitchell's a damn good player and could go to a, another team and be really interesting speaking of Dallas <laughs> I mean yeah I mean I think he would fit in great there I mean he's not a wing defender like we need but he's yeah. He's a great guard defender. So he's a, a restricted free agent in 2021. So he's still got one more season. Yeah. Yep. And I just, I mean, they gave, I mean, given the bag to. I, they, I gave, just, they paid to Conley. Go, they paid Bogdanovich. Gobert. Gobert. Yeah, he's making be... 25 and 27 before he's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. You're yeah. going to really add a two, a five-year 250 to this thing? You that can. is something. You better you better hope you get out of the second round. You And you're not going to. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, I think the shift from the West being just overly dominant is going to continue to go where it levels out a little bit because a lot of these Western Conference teams are in really bad contract situations really bad but they somehow wiggle out of them at every given turn yeah dude you know who's gonna be good in like two or three years it's almost guaranteed because john morant and triple j will still be on rookie deals in two years are you talking about memphis memphis yeah, yeah. dude absolutely yeah they're gonna be incredible coming up as long just as got justice winslow he'll be 27 28 right in the prime and i mean that's that's gonna be a good team in a few years although Let's talk, let's talk about this. I, I, I definitely wanted to hit on this before we wrapped up. Is I love the way the Pelicans are playing. Obviously, with Zion, they're a much better team. Do you think they catch Memphis? Because those two teams are both really fun and, and I think are a great eight seed. They're only, what, three games off each other? I want to say two. Yeah. Yeah, okay. two yeah, and a half two games. Two and a half games off each other. Pelicans will probably lose tonight, though, to L.A. Yeah, I don't know what strength of schedule looks like for the rest of the way through. But I'll tell you one thing, man. So I've got a couple other little notes on the West before we wrap up on all this stuff. I'll tell you one thing. The amount of people that seem to want to go after the Spurs for being bad at this point. or I mean, they've done some dumb shit, but like everybody's like kind of talking about like, is this the end of like Pop's brilliance and all this? And it's like, this is what happens to teams. Like, yeah, I, I don't yeah, really I mean, understand it's, that. It's not fair for it to be unacceptable to miss the playoffs once like he hasn't missed the playoffs in what like 18 years or something like that something like that yeah 20 something i mean it's incredible like a bad year for them is like they're they're the 11th seed you know what at least they're not like the fucking timberwolves who are just losing every game for their top three protected pick and playing meaningless basketball it's a race to the bottom between them and golden state that's for sure yeah they're they're losing on purpose and i and i hate it honestly i i still I never have liked the Spurs being a Mavs fan, but I still respect Pop. And I think they got to get through LaMarcus and DeMar and, like, get past that era. And it's going to take a few years to probably rebuild this thing, but they're going to do it. They it's, just not gave, like this, it's not like they don't know how to scout talent. 
they haven't held on to some of the talent they've scouted recently, which has hurt them, but they can still scout the hell out of talent. And when you can do that, you're going to rebuild just fine. Well, you've also got to remember that they kind of got their growth stunted pretty hard by Kawhi. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that... They lost arguably the best player in the league. I mean, that's... <laughs> for basically nothing. And they still made the playoffs last year. And, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it's a gross amount of disrespect. People don't like the Spurs, which I don't either, but I don't think it's the end of a the pop era. I think they're in a rebuild from losing four Hall of Famers. That's what happens. That's how it works. It's not, you know... It doesn't just perpetually work all the time. You get lucky with a lot of that stuff if that happens. Uh, yep. Where are we at with the whole mellow Portland thing? I I mean, I think Portland's got to try to blow it up, but I don't know if the contracts are movable. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that, but like, do, I mean, how does... Carvel I mean, I think Mello can still play in the league, bro. Like, you think he's another? They're going to go another year with him? Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know what the value of him staying in Portland is, but I would love to see him on one of the LA teams, man. I would love to see that. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure which one would make more sense, though. Um, I think Probably. the Lakers. He's better friends with LeBron. Well, I think he, the, the Clippers is a better fit because, like well, you said, I think he Paul George's shoulders are falling off. Right, and they basically play the same position. But I think he would be more inclined to listen to LeBron to be like, hey, I need you to come off the bench and hit threes. It's true. Versus like him and Kawhi wouldn't have that same camaraderie. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, All right, what East notes do you have? What are your thoughts on what, what, what's, I mean, besides, you know, Kyrie pussying out for the rest of the year, which we said he was going to do, and here we are. That situation is going just the hell in a handbasket real quick, right where we knew it was going to go. Um, you know, I'll say I'm pretty disappointed in the magic this year. I kept thinking they were going to turn it on. Yeah, they're going to get probably the seventh seed in the in the East. At, they're 27 and 33 right now. Like, that's really kind of a an unimpressive season to me. They brought back uh, Vucevic. And Aaron Gordon, I think, is a guy that needs to go to another team because I still actually think he has all-star potential in a different situation. Where does he fit best, do you think? He needs to be on a team that runs a lot with a point. You know where he would be really intriguing, but I don't know how you make this work for money. He'd have to take less. What if he played the five in Houston? Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be fun. That would definitely be something. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how that would work because, man, you've got the ball spread out in a lot of hands at that point. Yep. But I guess if anybody that could probably figure out... Let me throw this at you. Okay. What about Dallas? Does he, Would he fit into what Dallas is doing? Because he it, can guard wings pretty good. Yeah, what's his natural position? Is it a small forward? Three or four, yeah, three. He's 6'8", 230, 225, and he has great handles. He's yeah. a bigger, more polished DFS. Like That's what he is. More athletic, better handles, better shooter, more better, and is good of a defender. I don't hate that take. I don't know what but that would cost. What's his contract situation? He's like? a, he was on a four for 84, but he's been on that for a few years, which 21 is pretty contract friendly. I don't know if with the inflation and the pace of the league, if he's going to want more, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he's unrestricted in 2022. So he's on the books for 19, 18, and 16 for the coming three years. That's Okay, so he, he got the front and low with the bonus, but it was yeah. a four for 84 total. Correct. Which is pretty Four for friendly. 80. 
Four for, four for 80. 80. My bad. Four yeah, for 80. Four yeah. for 80, and it was 21 and a half on the front on the first year of it. That's crazy. That's a crazy contract to sign somebody like that to, to have as little success as they've had. Yep. Obama's then, not been good. And they put uh, Vucevic on a pretty contract-friendly deal, too. Wasn't it five for, like, 110 or something like something that? Something like that, and that's not terrible. No, not at all. And they, they've just grossly underperformed. I think the Pacers are officially in the 2000 eight to 2011 Memphis Grizzlies camp or like, or maybe even it was, it was maybe like 2010 to 2013 where it's, you know, those teams with like Conley Gasol Rudolph where they're like just floating in that five through eight range every year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I'm at with the Pacers. I have no excitement for them. I still like the 76ers more than the heat um, in the playoffs, but yeah, I mean, I'm really I don't, I don't know what to say about the Sixers, man. It, that's probably the hardest team to figure out in the NBA of why it hasn't why it hasn't clicked. Dude, their window may be closed, and I don't think they know it yet. It feels like they're one one more like bad loss away from just you know firing uh, Brett Brown, Brett Brown, and just yeah, just firing Brett Brown and just trying to make a splash and just change things up for no reason. When I think it comes down to, you might just have to split up Simmons and Embiid. And we've talked about it at length here. And I don't Ooh. know if that city's going to have the balls to do it they because don't. you get that decision wrong and you are fucked. They don't have the balls to do it. I'll tell you that. That's a hard decision, man. <laughs> they will fight. They will fire Brett Brown. They will bring somebody, some retread in. It won't work. And they're gonna mess. They're they're gonna mess around if they haven't already missed their window. They're gonna miss their window with it, and that is unbelievable given how the process has gone. They have made some really bad trades in this pro. In this, whole I think thing them too, giving though. up Markel Fultz is and is looking like it might be a bad move. He's actually playing some pretty good basketball. I don't think he ever could have been successful there. I don't think he ever would have gotten the chance given how it went. Yeah, I, I just you know what I mean. Like sometimes it's just not in the cards. I don't think that fans were willing, you know, and that means something to some guys, especially someone who seems to be a little bit mentally, not frat. I don't want to say fragile. That's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I mean, he lets it get to him more than, than the average, you know, NBA player. And, yes. hundred percent. That is a dangerous thing for a guy. And I don't, I just don't think Philly's one of those cities that can tolerate something like that. Boston's the same way. You think you're going to get run the hell out of town. That's just how it goes. Yep. Very true. And it sucks because there's a lot of times when that does backfire when you're like, man, that, you know, we ran Kyrie out of town, you know, which seems to be a good thing. But, you know, it's it's kind of like there's ones you look back and you're like, man, I probably wish I wouldn't have punted. But you know, <laughs> I have a couple of final questions for you. Say more. One, when do you think will be the next time we see an NBA player shit themselves? Oh, man. Well, it seems to be every seven to nine years. <laughs> I think we're due for one. I did, it, it, it seems like this may, in today's world where we have social media, but we also have 40 cameras on the court, it seems like we might capture these moments a little more frequently. I hope so. Second, and my more favorite question, is there an amount of money that depends could throw at James Harden to to have an athletic, an athletic line? Add? Oh, man. And... Yeah. Well, he and would have to own this first, and he's not right, doing that. Correct. And so that would mean he would have to first confess 
Correct. To his sins. I mean, if it could be like a Paul Pierce and him and like maybe maybe they get Jordan in on like, you know, air, you know, jump man on like a third, you know, a third, you know, maybe you do something there. The problem is, is they would literally have to pay a billion dollars. And there's just I don't I think that's too niche of a market to make that kind of investment. Is Harden even a Nike guy? He must be right. No, he's an Adidas guy. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I, I have so. some Harden. Great shoe. Yeah. So I guess you probably couldn't get you probably couldn't get Nike in on that deal. You'd have to get some sort of Adidas type situation happening. That would be incredible. They've got to stop wearing the white uniforms though. And that's coming from a guy whose team wears white uniforms. I think everybody has at least one white uniform. Uh, I don't think that's true. I'm trying to think. Dallas doesn't have one anymore. Uh, they still rock white sometimes, no? I don't think so. They Dallas have. has too many uniforms. Every team is like Oregon now. Yeah. Remember when we were like 10 years ago when like when boomers were getting really upset about Oregon's uniforms and now yeah, every team has 17 yeah, alternatives. Funny. Money's a funny thing that way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, okay. So we've got like just a, like probably eight or so minutes left. Let's hammer this out. So I think we're at definitely different ends of the spectrum as far as like our, so I, I, I want to talk about LeBron here for a second. Right. And we're at different ends of the spectrum as far as our, I guess love for the guy. I I resp- he's exactly like Kobe to me. I respect the hell out of LeBron. I don't like LeBron though. I think LeBron's more likable than Kobe, but no, go ahead. absolutely, there's no doubt about that. And it's that's a hell of a thing to say in this post Kobe yeah, world. But just I, being honest, but if if the, I always look at it this way, if he were here today, nothing would change, right? Right. And so I, LeBron's definitely more likable, but I, I think you've witnessed some. Hatred coming out of me about LeBron lately? Tell me more about this. Yeah, well, we disagree on the baseball situation where... Oh, yes. You you know, that's where I was like... And I I think I was a little more, like, annoyed by that maybe than you would have anticipated because I've had, like, five other people tell me that take within the last 48 hours leading up to you telling me that. Okay. And I'm like, I'm just tired of this because... Honestly, it's just because it's LeBron. I really feel like if other NBA players were coming out and saying, you know, hey, these guys should be suspended, like I value integrity or whatever, it probably wouldn't bother people as much. Do I get the stance of like, we don't need your opinion on this? Yeah, and that is uh, that is different than shut up and dribble because we're talking Absolutely. about a different league versus social issues. So I'm not trying to tie it into that. Correct. Um, and we're, just for those for uh- – you know, for, I guess, context sake, LeBron tweeted about the whole Astros cheating scandal that's happening in baseball. It was basically just talk. I, let me find the actual tweet real quick. Um, I don't want to misquote him by any stretch yeah, of imagination. But to, just while you're finding that to finish yeah. my thought is that I don't, I don't take issue with him saying that because I think he's a high integrity guy that, that has won championships doing things the right way. Now, if, Anthony Davis came out and said that I would be like, what the fuck? Or let me even say somebody I love Russell Westbrook came out and said that I'd be like, yeah, what the fuck? Like you've never made it out of the, the Western Con- Well, I guess he did go to the finals once, but like, you've never won a ring. Right. Yeah. And that's where I feel like LeBron has earned that right to say that. And maybe that's some biasy, but yeah, that well, that's annoyed me a little bit. And then 
like let, let me ask you, a, well, let me ask you this though to that same tone then how would you feel if tom brady would have come after lebron for how he treated everybody in la when he first got there? but i don't think tom brady's won one you know i love tom brady but i don't think he's won his championships with high integrity I think there's been what some are you bullshit talking about. There's been some bullshit that's gone on. Sure, like, but there's been equal uh, but, seasons where it equally hasn't. Sure, and you know I respect Brady, and I'm not one of these guys that discounts the Patriots. But no, I think but the that, way that's that, a double standard, though. Like that's that's a double standard. Okay, it is. I, I okay. I discount the Patriots slightly. I think LeBron has done it in a more legitimate way than Tom Brady has. Sure, but that wasn't my point at all. My point is, how would if, you feel if Tom Brady okay. came after LeBron for how he felt about, or you know, how he treated that? Because, and, and I think LeBron, in the grand scheme of things, would admittedly tell you that there are things that he maybe wish went down a little bit differently in his career. We know the decision's one of those things. And right. I if, if Tom I, Brady weighed in on the decision, like what a dumbass move. Yeah. Or no, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm asking about the the whole like uh, you know I, I'm saying that as an example. I know there are things that LeBron wish he just done. Different. I probably wouldn't have liked that very yeah. much if Brady tweeted that out. And that's I think that's, that's my that's point. Fair point. That's my point. Is like I don't care about like I just don't need his thoughts. That's all it is. And like okay. and that's why uh, everybody's left it alone. Else, uh, you know, elsewhere, because honestly, dude, like that whole thing is it, it, it's easy for me to say that as a baseball guy, but don't take me wrong. I fucking hate the Astros. So like I man, and we'll talk about that on the baseball show because I got to get you on there because I think we need to go to a game specifically just to <laughs> boo that team, which we're going to do because um, it'll be bl- it'll be I'm great. All in. I, I know you are. But uh, that's my whole thing about it is like there's this double standard of like because it's LeBron, he has this big voice in sports and I get that and the uh, a hundred percent to you. It's not a social, like this isn't a social thing, like by any stretch of the imagination. So I think everybody, if everybody else, you're right. We're saying something about it. I definitely have less of a problem with it, but it just came out as a really weird thing to do. I also think that every like 30 days, I have to just let out bur- bursts of rage from so much LeBron hate just on a daily basis. Definitely, dude. Dude. Like social definitely. media is just full of LeBron hate. And it's like, there's, it's cliche to say it, but it's so true. There's very few players. I think Brady's up there. There's very few players that it's such a love-hate relationship with the fans. Or uh, not a love-hate, but you either love or hate him so much. Correct, yeah. You know, there's not a lot of guys that are like where you are, where you're like, I respect LeBron, but I'm not his biggest fan. I don't hate the guy, but I don't really like him that much. Like, there's not yeah. a lot of people like that. Yeah, like, no, that's for how sure. I am about Kawhi, but I think a lot of people are like that about Kawhi. Well, he doesn't really leave you a whole lot of options. Yeah, he didn't even, right. he didn't even tell his kids that he played basketball professionally until like a week ago. <laughs> I mean, it's what so, a story. He's so weird. I mean, I love that they, we have to pivot to that for a minute. I love that they tried to do like a good, nice human interest type story on Kawhi and it ended up just being awkward as all fuck. Yeah, stop trying to make this guy marketable like the new balance thing you got to do things like that like that is smart that is the genius move is he needs to be on these weird off brands and representing them in his commercials are so weird he's so like (laughs) it's like it's like i'm watching Chappelle show or something where it's like he's making these faces that aren't even real yeah it's it's unbelievable it really is i'm definitely i'm definitely not as as vitriolic about LeBron though, as it may seem like I I really, I I really think that it's definitely probably come off that way a little bit more than, than, and to you kind of like what you were saying, like you've heard a lot of hate and you continue to do so. But for me, it really is just one of those things where he is under the microscope. And I think that Jordan would have had the exact same problems 
if he lived in the social media era where he had my ass like sitting there having his number every single night, he probably would have gotten a lot of hate from me too. So it's it it makes one of those things where it is it's just like comparing players across eras. It's really hard to do, and that's just another avenue of it, really and truly. If Michael Jordan could have t- tweeted out his thoughts, you would think that guy's way more of an asshole than LeBron James. Absolutely. I guarantee it. Absolutely. No doubt yeah. about it. So let me ask you this. Do you think LeBron feels pressure from his team in his circle to like make a statement about everything? Or do you think that's actually just his personality? I kind of think that's his personality. I do too. I do too. And I'm a big guy, fan. And I think a lot of his fans say, oh, well, he's getting pressure from this guy or that guy. It's like, when he's 25, for sure, like the decision, yeah. yeah. He's 35. He can fucking yeah. make that decision. He wanted to say that. So I'm Our, not a, in the camp that's like, oh, he's got this guy in his voice or that guy in his voice or in his head. It's, dude, mm. he's making those decisions. I just don't really give a shit. I could live without it, though. I totally get yeah. where, where you're coming from. I think there are times where the team and everything's in his head and stuff like that. But, of course, like that's what happens when you're the face of basketball. Right. You know, and, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. And I think, you know, like I we criticized him a lot or I did at least for the his kind of response to the whole China thing. But like, you know, he did the best he could. And I credited him that at the time. I know because but I it's thought not he his- made more sense in this in this criticism of the Astros mm-hmm. players versus he was not making sense in that China one. He was kind of all sure. over it. Well, he was just over in over his head. He shouldn't have been in that spot in the first place. So right. I 100 I percent give him that. And, and you know, is. It was a weird look, but again, they you know they were they were telling him like you got to say something, and I don't think that he needed to. I really don't, and I give him full credit for stuff like that. And he typically that's the thing about him that I think what maybe threw me off on this too is that he typically does kind of stay in his lane. Yeah, he doesn't absolutely. really do a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't dip into like cross sports criticism. Like he'll compliment guys and shout guys out. Yeah. So I don't know. I, at the end of the day, I think it's something he'll probably not do as much. Like if yeah. anything of this magnitude comes up again, he'll probably stay away from it. I, he learns. I, from, he does learn from his mistakes. I think does. it's just he's, he's made several along the way because it's just been, you know, a 19 year spotlight. Absolutely. Yeah. And 100 percent. That's going to happen. I don't. And I think that's why there's probably not as much, you know, uh, I don't know, hate towards him on my end is, as it may seem like, because that's human. Like, that's just how it goes. And that's, you know, when you're the face of a league, that's what you're going to deal with. So, all right, man, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We missed Josh this week, especially in a pants shitting edition episode. But I mean, I think it came up on every episode of the show almost for the first like 35 until he admitted it. So <laughs> I'd imagine that we'll continue to bring this up. We'll get Josh's thoughts and all that. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll we get his talk. His thoughts. We've been off a little bit more recently. Uh, we've been going every week and a half or so just because we've all been busy. But we'll get back on it and make sure we're getting out every week for you guys. Uh, make sure to give us a call. We want to hear from you. We actually had a voicemail this week that uh, came through, but uh, Brandon didn't make it in time to cut it. So we'll have it for next week and we'll listen to it and maybe a couple others as well. So we would remind everyone to leave us a voicemail. We want to hear from you guys. That number is 972-885-9361. And we'll see you guys next time here on On the Break.